We turn now to Colossians 2, 18 and 19, and I think we can do this one in one session as well. Paul is still focusing on the false teachers who are misleading the church. Let no one disqualify you, insisting on asceticism and worship of angels, going on in detail about visions, puffed up without reason by the mind of the flesh, and not holding fast to the head, from whom the whole body, nourished and knit together through its joints and ligaments, grows with a growth that is from God. And so, not holding fast to the head is the main problem. That's the negative thing that's happening. And what they are putting in its place is insistence on asceticism and worship of angels, going on in detail about visions puffed up without reason by the mind of the flesh. So one, two, three descriptions of what happens when you're not holding fast to the head in the city of Colossae where the false teachers are active. So, Father, show us what to avoid here. Teach us what manifestations of this kind of thing might be intruding into our lives and grant us to understand how important it is in a deep sense, not with just, just with our heads, but with our, our hearts, how crucial it is that we take hold of Christ as the all-supplying one. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. When it says, let no one disqualify you, that's a restatement of what he had said in the previous two verses where he said, let no one pass judgment on you. In other words, if they succeed in passing judgment on you, then they will have eliminated you from the prize of eternal life. And that's the meaning of this word disqualify. It's like disqualify in a race. It's a very unusual word. It's used only here in the New Testament. But from outside, it means keep someone from gaining a prize. And so that would fit very nicely as a repetition of don't let them pass judgment on you. And here it's don't let them rob you of, of the prize of heaven because what they're saying is going to destroy you. And then he describes what they're saying. They're insisting on asceticism. Now, the reason I put the Greek here, tapenafrosune, is because this word is almost always translated in the New Testament, humility or lowliness. It's a Christian virtue. Uh, it wasn't a virtue in the Greek classical world, but it is for Christ and his people. So why are they translating it asceticism? And I think the reason, it's probably not a bad decision, but I think the reason is because in the next verses, verses 20, you read this, why do you submit to regulations? Do not handle, do not taste, do not touch. These have indeed an appearance of wisdom in promoting self-made religion and, same word, 
lowliness, humility, and then it's supplemented by and severity to the body. So probably the translation is asceticism here and in the preceding section because it's the kind of lowliness that you grovel in before these angelic powers as you're trying to win their favor by uh, abstaining from certain food. Don't handle, don't taste, don't touch. And you're getting down low and trying to win these angelic powers to be on your side by going lowly. So probably asceticism in the sense of severity to the flesh is a good translation. So this first mark of those who are trying to disqualify you is that they are pressing all these rules about food and drink and days and seasons and trying to get you to not handle, not taste, not touch, and thus, in that way, show homage to angels. Now, we don't really understand, we don't have a clear picture of the false teaching, but here's a really strong indication that it is an idolatrous teaching. And you remember that in the preceding verses 13 to 15, they ended with, he stripped the rulers and authorities and put them to an open shame, triumphing over them in him. And a good many interpreters think that these rulers and authorities here are, in fact, those angelic powers, evil angels, that we're supposed to worship, according to the false teachers. And one of the clues that might be on the right track is because in Romans 8, 38, Paul said, I am sure that neither death nor life nor angels nor rulers. And he puts these two together here, and these are the same words as angels and rulers back here in Colossians 2, 18. So that may be the case. And Paul had said, look, I've Christ has stripped these so-called beings that you're all excited about currying their favor through asceticism. He stripped them and shamed them already. They have no power, no place in your life. And then the second mark of that false teaching is that they're going on in detail about visions. So they are, let me go ahead and combine that with the third point. They're using their minds to claim that they've seen things. They've seen these angelic powers, probably, and it's called the mind of the flesh. And you may remember that back in 2.11, we read, In him you also were circumcised with a circumcision made without hands by putting off the body of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. And I argued that what that means is uh, you are nullifying or denouncing, renouncing your body only in the sense that it is governed by this thing called the flesh, namely the power of sin to be selfish and self-sufficient and self-exalting, and thus bringing the body into bondage to sins. The body in itself is not evil, nor is the mind evil. 
the mind, when it is governed by the flesh, does this. <laughs> it, it says, I've seen visions, and it boasts. Boasting is the essence of the flesh. It is proud. It is self-sufficient. It will not submit. Remember from Romans 8, 8, will not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. So this is the great enemy, and it takes into its sway both the body and the mind. So these folks are using their minds in the power of sinful pride to be puffed up, and part of their puffed-up claim is that they have seen visions of angels, and those angels are telling the people, don't touch, don't taste, don't eat, don't drink, keep all the days, and you will then have our approval, and you will be saved. Don't let that disqualify you. But the real emphasis should fall on the problem with all of that is not just what it is, but what it isn't, right? It isn't holding fast to the head. And let's, let's review for just a moment head in Colossians. This is Christ. Here's Colossians 1.18. He, Christ, is the head of the body, the church. He's the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. Boy, if you try to insert angels into your worship scheme, you are not doing what Paul says you should do. Keep Christ absolutely preeminent and sufficient. And here he is again in chapter 2, verses 9 and 10. For in him the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily in Christ, and you have been filled in him who is the head of all, of all rule and authority. So this is what should make us utterly resistant to worship of angels. You have his headship fills you with everything you need. Which brings us back now to how Paul puts it here in our text. You're not holding fast to the head when you give in to this kind of false teaching. You're not holding fast to the head. And then he describes the head like this from whom the whole body, that would include you, Christian, nourished, knit together through its joints and ligaments, picturing the body with joints and ligaments knit together. So nourished, has everything coming through the mouth, as it were, which is in the head, supplying every need that the church has knit together, grows with a growth that is from God. It's a God growth. It doesn't grow this way. It grows from God as you hold fast to the head. So the main point in this text is hold on to Jesus as supreme in everything and find him to be so sufficient in providing what you need and holding the church together that you are not deluded and disqualified by those who say you got to get down low in order to curry the favor of these rulers and angels and you got to have visions which I've had because I've got a mind and it sees things, and I am puffed up. And Paul says, actually, there's no reason for you to be puffed up at all. So Christ remains preeminent 
in Colossians, and that's the main thing we should take away. And we should guard ourselves in our day from any alternative ways to get into God's good favor.